We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is the field of 68 after dark for those that are listening to us on Sirius XM. This is our first show. My name is Rob Dosser. I am joined tonight by my lovely, lovely co-host, Stadium Insider Jeff Goodman and former Iowa State head coach Steve Prohm. We are presented by our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. And for those of you that are watching on YouTube and on Twitter, please jump in the comments, jump in the chat. We have something special coming for you guys tonight. We have a great show on tap. We're going to hear from Matt Painter, new head coach. We're going to hear from Oshai Igbaji, the All-American wing for the Kansas Jayhawks. And we are going to give you the definitive list of teams that can win the college basketball national title this season. But before we do any of that, we got to talk about the game of the day. Purdue, Illinois, double overtime in Champaign. The Boilermakers come out with a 96-88 to win. Coach Prome, I am going to you first on this one. Winning on the road, in league play, it's about as good as it gets as a coach. Uh, what do you make of Matt Painter's performance and the Purdue Boilermakers today? Yeah, phenomenal win. There's nothing better than winning a big road game uh, in conference play, almost halfway through conference play. They had to get this one today. If you looked at the way the standings were, Illinois could have gone to 7-0. and That would have been their third loss, and they would have put themselves in a tough situation to win a league championship. And the resiliency that they showed to go to overtime after leading six late, go to double overtime uh, and win that game, in Illinois, which is one of the toughest places to play when it's packed and it's loud and it's going, a huge win, a big character win. But I think the one thing Purdue showed today, and we all talk about Ivy and we talk about the two big kids, Edie and Williams, you know, Sasha Stefanovic, 20, uh, 22 points, makes five threes. He was a big difference maker. And you heard Brad say it after the game that, you know, they kind of lost him, made big threes for them. Um, I think the depth of Purdue with their front court and their wings is huge. And then they got big minutes today from Eric Hunter, 31 minutes off the bench, made big free throws late. I know people talk about their point guard play, but uh, I think that was really good to see Eric Hunter. But they're tough. They're resilient. I know they've struggled on the defensive end a little bit, but they go to Illinois. They out-rebound them by seven. And they hold a good shooting Illinois team to 41% from the field. Hey, hey, Jeff, you want to know how uh, Steve Prohm is a coach? The guys that he gives credit to are not the stars of this team. He's got to shout out Eric Hunter, and he's got to shout out <laughs> Sasha Stefan. Roll guys. You got to keep them all happy. You got to try your best to keep them all happy. Yeah, so. no, I get it. I yeah. get it. But but honestly, I still think when you get down to it, the biggest key to the game was making sure Kofi Coburn was on the bench and not on the court. 
And Zach Eady was able to do that. Purdue was able to do it with their penetration. Um, certainly Jay Nivey on, on Kofi's fourth foul, got him out of the game there, driving to the basket. I, I just felt like, again, Purdue has equalizers for Kofi as well. Zach Eady showed that early. I mean, there aren't many Zach Eadys on, the, on this planet, number one. And then when you take him out, you bring on a much better offensive player. Maybe as skilled a low post scorer as there is in the entire country and Travion Williams. So I thought that duo just gives Kofi something that he has never seen before. Well, if you look at the minutes, you know, it's 22 minutes for Kofi and some of it was foul trouble, but it's like the two-headed monster going at one guy. And I think at, at, whether it's foul trouble or fatigue, that's going to wear on you. And like Matt Painter touched on that we'll hear in a little bit is it's two totally different styles of play when you're going against Edie and you're going against Williams. Yeah, and the biggest thing with Illinois offensively is if you can nullify Kofi Coburn one-on-one, they kind of become a little bit limited, right? Their offense is kind of built around this idea, we're going to force you to double team or we're going to let Kofi go one-on-one in the post and he's going to get a bucket. When you have someone that can keep him from getting a bucket every time he touches the ball, that changes things, which brings me to the return of Jeff Goodman's preseason first-team All-American point guard, Andre (laughs) Carmelo. 20 points, six assists, uh, had some, had a turnover, uh, made some really bad plays defensively down the stretch that, that might've cost. We got, I think we got the full Andre Corbello experience tonight, Jeff. What what did you make of his return to the lineup? Yeah, yeah, but it was, it was a heck of a lot better than anybody expected after being out Mm -hmm. for two months. That's what I'll say is like Corbello made an impact on the game. I wasn't sure. You weren't sure. Steve wasn't sure that he was going to be able to do that after being gone this long. And the last time we saw him, he was atrocious. And he had that concussion. And obviously, it it really affected him because he hasn't been on the court so long. But to me, if Illinois wants to make a deep run and make a Final Four run, you have to have Andre Curbelo not only playing, but being effective, playing a little more under control. And now you've got him back here. You've got him back with enough time that he can hopefully learn from some of these mistakes. Brad can kind of teach him again. Listen, last year, his role wasn't what it's going to be this year or what it, what it was expected to be this year. So I think this was a great sign for Illinois. And I do think that they have the pieces to make a final four run. Yeah, I think just with Curbelo, if they don't have Curbelo today with Kofi getting in foul trouble, and if you followed Illinois all season long with Curbelo out, when Kofi's out of the game, They've struggled to score at times. They've struggled to be able to make plays for each other at times. I'm a big fan of the senior guards, Williams and Trent Frazier, just their character, their toughness, their leadership, uh, their ability to win games. But I just think Curbelo, if they didn't have Curbelo today, it doesn't go to double overtime. It doesn't go to overtime. I think Purdue wins, you know, double figures, maybe 10, 12 points or so. But Curbelo was huge. Obviously, a couple defensive mistakes late. They hurt him with a couple back screens. He was involved with a couple times, but man, he made some great, great tough plays around the rim, but he's the one guy offensively that can really cause defenses to get in rotation. Yeah. He's the one guy that's a game breaker for them offensively. And I, I don't think they, they really have it. The same thing can kind of be said about Purdue. And, and we're going to get to this interview uh, with Matt Painter here in one second, but um, Jaden Ivy is the guy that can kind of be that game breaker. And we had a chance to ask, Coach Painter about his impact. And I think you guys are going to be really interested to hear uh, what his answer is. So let get, let's get into that interview with Matt Painter here now. 
Welcome on to the Field of 68 After Dark. Purdue head coach Matt Painter, fresh off of a double overtime 96-88 win at Illinois. Paint, what's going on? All right, so I'm watching the stream on YouTube. We're, we're going to the transition here. Okay. I think we're good. Well, yeah. We're already – we're at the numbers that we were at halfway through on Saturday night, Goodman. I think this – Worth the numbers Hey, I just want to make sure, like, Rob, you asked Jeff a Well, you know, you can pass okay to kind of parlay and, We try to and, run different and, and stuff. Jump in. Um, just to kind of – okay. get, get them to the spread, spread a little bit. They, they go to a drop with Kofi. Okay. He's way it's back. No. So I just sometimes didn't keep talking. It's, you know, when you get up on him, he has more room to pass out of the high post. If you back up, now you haven't pressured him, and he can really kind of, you know, pick you apart so but he, he does some good things we try to do some different things when he has the ball in the low post in the high post let some people cut off of him and then he's one-on-one -on -one. they allowed him one-on-one -on -one. he didn't shoot well today because they tried to stay with more guys and allow him to go one-on-one -on -one, even with Kofi being in foul trouble um, but it's it's really good but it's even better because you have someone like Zach Eady who's really hard um, to scheme for because he's so big and now you got to deal with him and then you got to deal with Travion who's kind of nimble skilled knows what's going on, really savvy about things. So it gives you two, you know, different type posts that people have to deal with. I know uh, we were talking off air. I know a lot of people talk about, hey, Purdue, you know, they've got, you know, Sasha and Ivy and, you know, Travion and Edie, but everybody talks about your point guard play. Hey, that's, that's the missing link. You know, we, we even talked about, you know, Jeff says it all the time. But I thought Eric Hunter today was phenomenal for you guys. 30-plus minutes, made big free throws late. Can you just talk about the importance of him with your team and just point guard play as you guys go forward to the back, kind of at the middle point of the Big Big Ten race? Yeah, he he is a guy that came in to, from a defensive standpoint. He, he can he can defend. Um, I thought he did a good job on Trent Frazier when he was on, on him. Uh, Plummer got away from us. He had a you know he had a good game. But, you know, Eric did a good job, knocked down a huge three, made a couple of really nice cuts for layups. And like you said, he made his free throws. And him and Isaiah Thompson have done a good job for us this year. Isaiah's in a little bit of a rut shooting the basketball right now, um, but he'll get out of it. He's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of makes coming his way. So, Matt, everybody was looking forward to this Zach Eady Kofi matchup, but it wasn't just Zach and Kofi. I mean, the, the advantage you guys have is you have Travion Williams to kind of switch it up against Kofi, and that really helped get the big boy in foul trouble. How important was that for you guys today? Well, we wanted to drive and make him, you know, stop the basketball. I think more than anything, the guys that get in the ball screen drops, if you don't have guards that can make plays, if you don't have guards that understand when to attack, when to jump stop, when to dribble through, you know, now they can just sit there and clog up the paint. And so we wanted to be able to attack him, but also with some intelligence and then go right at him in the post. And then, but you got to get, you know, deep position. The one thing with Zach is you don't want a lot of, a lot of dribbles. You know, you can dribble into something, but you get at, you get past one dribble, you know, he's, he's so big, but they really stayed at home and uh, Zach was able to get going and Zach did a good job um, of kind of giving that kind of a multiple effort, you know, on the glass. He had a couple of tip ins, did some really good things, but I, I think it's, it's like having two scouting reports. Like you, you faced one team and now three days later you face another team. Well, within our own team, it's like two different scouting reports. And if you're not used to it, it it's, a, it's a little bit different. And that's the one thing I told our guys about going against Kofi. Like he's really hard to deal with, but Zach's hard to deal with in our practice too. So like, you know, we have to prepare for them, but we do have a person in our practice that, 
causes the same kind of problems. And, 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 I, and that was something our guys, you know, kind of kept talking about, like when they get deep off that bounce, man, you have to sell out to Kofi and that's what gets dangerous right there that you got to be able to get that inside help and then bounce out and get outside because Frazier and Plummer, um, Grandison, all those guys, man, they, they shoot at such a high clip. It makes it very difficult. And that's what you don't want. You don't want that dominance by Kofi. And then those guys getting all those threes and, you know, they still scored in the eighties. And, uh, but when you play really good teams at times, you can do a lot of things. You can get some key stops, but you still got to keep scoring the basketball. And that's what's tough on the road. It's tough to score on the road uh, and be able to put up big points, but you have to against good teams. So Jaden Ivey, uh, he's got all the physical tools in the world, but it feels like there are times where he's uh, like a guy with a Lamborghini that doesn't quite know how to drive stick. At this mm -hmm. point, right. Yep. So it, today though, I mean, he only shot three for 10, but today it felt like he was kind of, a little bit more under control. It felt like he was picking his spots a little bit better. What did you think of his performance this afternoon? Yeah, I think that's fair. He's still a young player. He's still young for his grade, um, you know, kind of learning when to attack, when not to attack, when to take shots, when not to take shots. But he's gotten so much better. And each game, like, he's kind of, you know, I, I told him in the last game, I just said, like, we have guys on our team that can do a couple things. You can do a lot of things. But with that, sometimes, especially when you have a little bit of freedom, probably has more than a little bit of freedom. But, <laughs> you know, you can't defer, man. You can't just settle on things. Another night, he made a couple really tough step back threes against Nebraska to start the game. And then but I also said, like, you got to live at the rim. You have the ability to live at the rim. And when, when you can do that, it doesn't mean you can't take your threes. But made a couple really tough step back threes against Nebraska to start the game. And then, but I also said like, you got to live at the rim. You have the ability to live at the rim. And when, when you can do that, it doesn't mean you can't take your threes, but just understand whenever you have space, they have to be able to stop you. You know, sometimes you don't get your space. Sometimes you don't get the alley. You don't get the opportunities, whatever it might be. But when you do have space, you do there, man, you're either getting two points for yourself or two points you know, for your teammate, getting to the free throw line, doing those things. And I think anytime you've dealt with guys that have that kind of ability and have that kind of talent, you know, sometimes it becomes a little bit of an experiment and you got to like, you know, adjust a little bit with them and say, Hey man, this isn't, you know, this isn't an experiment. Like, you know, you can get us a basket at any time or get one of your teammates a basket, go ahead and do that. And I thought today, you know, he, he got fouled 10 times. He, he drew 10 fouls, and I thought that was great. You know, getting to the free throw line, doing that. He didn't get it really going yet um, in the game scoring, but he affected the game, you know, by, by driving the basketball, making his free throws, and getting others involved. That was Purdue head coach Matt Painter. Matt, thanks for being here, man. You got to love that intro and outro music for our interviews. It always gets me going just a little bit, guys. I got to ask you a question here uh, before we head to break. The Big Ten is, uh, is, is low to the top. We all know this. Uh, Illinois is currently sitting at 6-1 and one in the league. Michigan State is 5-1. and one. Wisconsin is sitting at 5-1 and one in the league. Ohio State is sitting at 4-2. and two. And Purdue, the team that we all thought was the best team in this conference, is at 4-2 and two in the league, all alone in fifth play so jeff i'm going to you first on this one who is the best team of the big 10 who is the title favorite in the big 10 and are those two teams the same team uh purdue 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 and purdue <laughs> they're the best team 
They're the favorite. I don't care where the hell they sit in the standings right now. If I'm betting my house on one team to win the Big Ten regular season title, it is the Purdue Boilermakers because they've got a game changer in Jaden Ivey. We saw that at the end of the game tonight. They've got two bigs that are very, very different. I wish they could play together, but they can't. And I think, again, I'm worried about the point guard play, Steve. We know that. But I think they've got enough around them. And Sasha, with being an elite shooter, I think they've got enough around them and enough experience. And the culture is strong, too. Yeah, I know we keep going back and forth the last couple of weeks. But after watching today and really diving into Purdue, they're the best team in the Big Ten. And is it going to be easy to win a Big Ten regular season title? Not a, No doubt. It's going to be very, 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 very tough and difficult with Michigan State, Wisconsin, Illinois, Ohio State. You know, Rutgers is playing, playing well right now. Uh, but if you're, like Jeff said, if you're betting, you're taking Purdue. They're the best team. They're the favorite. Uh, they're deep. They're experienced. Uh, they're well coached. Uh, they have skill. And we talked about the point guard play. You know, Eric Hunter thought he played really well today. Uh, 31 minutes we talked about earlier, but he's experienced too. He's a third year in their program. He's been around winning. He's been around their culture. He's been well coached. Uh, and also, you know, they have a skilled five man when Williams is on the floor that can make decisions in the high post and play out of the low post. And so, like I said, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be some stretches where teams lose two or three games in a, in a, in a two week stretch, but Purdue's the favorite and the best team in the Big Ten. Yeah, I think I agree with you guys here um, tonight, but I reserve the right to overreact and change my mind uh, based off of every single <laughs> that happens. Yeah, <laughs> tomorrow. Every, yeah, tomorrow, depending yeah. on what, what happens. You know, I'm going to overreact to every single win. It's what I do. Everybody loves it. So, uh, listen, we got to head to break here in a minute. But when we come back, Jeff, Steve, and I are going to tell you the complete list, the definitive list of teams that can win a national title this season. And we're clear for a minute 40. All right. For those of you that are still watching on YouTube right now, jump in the chat. We're going to answer some questions for a minute and 40 seconds here. First up, Nick Popolik. I hope I pronounced that right. Papa Nick, I'm sorry. I don't even try to get me pronounced last names. Steve, he wants to know if Indiana can beat Purdue on Thursday. Oh, it's going to be tough. Uh, it's in Assembly Hall, right? It's in Assembly Hall. So that's going to give him a chance. Obviously, Mike Woodson. Uh, former Indiana player, Dane Fife's on the staff. Those guys understand the tradition, the meaning of that game. And that that way, that goes a long way. Don't let it think it doesn't. And they have a difference maker in, in, in Jackson One Davis minute. as well. And so uh, if I'm taking a pick, I'm taking Purdue, though, to win that game. I, I think it'll be tough for Indiana to overcome that. Yeah, I just don't know. They have too much size. Uh, and I think with the size, they can kind of take away TJD the same way that they did um, Kofi Coburn. Goodman. You have a question for you from Liam Shea. Uh, does the Big East still run through the main line? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think the gap has closed significantly now from what it usually is. 30 seconds. It's not as overpowering, but yes. I mean, Jay Wright, they've won two national titles in the last five years. No, your UConn Huskies aren't ready for that yet. They're not ready. <laughs> yeah, they might not be, man, but I'm still going to root like hell for it. Last one we got before we get out of here, Steve. Uh, can Trevion run the point for Purdue? You have five seconds to answer. Yes or no? Uh, yes, he can. If they go five out, put him in the middle of the floor. Three, two, you're up. And we are back. This is the Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Doster. I'm joined 
by my lovely co-host, Stadium Insider Jeff Goodman and former Iowa State head coach Steve Prohm. Gentlemen, Saturday felt like the first real, real college basketball Saturday uh, of the season. I was fired up. We had great games. We had upsets. To me, the biggest storyline of that weekend was probably that the Blue Bloods were back. I'm curious, though. I want to kind of reset the season for the people that are just tuning in, just kind of joining after football season ended. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to you first on this one. What was your biggest college basketball storyline to date this season? Um, it might be that the ACC stinks. That could be my biggest storyline. And I know, I know people are going to say, well, he's always negative, whatever. But let's face it, in our lifetime, and Steve and I are a little bit older than you, Rob, uh, in our lifetime, Steve, <laughs> we have never seen the ACC no. look like it has so far this year. You've got Duke that's clear-cut in and, and a national title contender. And then you might not have another team that's a lock. Like today, Carolina gets in. I get it. But one bad loss, and Carolina's right there sweating it out on, on, on the bubble. So it, it's crazy to me how bad the ACC is. And Tony Bennett told me before the season, he said, it wasn't very good last year either. It's worse this year. Yeah, Steve, what was your uh, what's your biggest storyline for college hoops to date this year? Yeah, you know, we talked off air. Obviously, Coach K, it's his it's his swan song, and that's obviously a major storyline. But I think the big storyline is everybody talks guard play, guard play, guard play. Uh, when you look at the best players in college basketball this year, and uh, I heard Jay Billis talking about this on air the other day. Listen is it's the front court. I mean, you can go down a long list of Kofi, Oscar, Edie, Williams, Jabari Smith, Timmy, Liddell, uh, uh, Holmgren, you know, Murray. I mean, you go on and on. And then Ochai, you know, he's a wing. Well, I'm talking about legit guards. I think it's basketball's best players this year are wings, big wings, forwards, and bigs. Yeah, I, I think it's you're definitely right about that. There's not a lot of uh, great guards in college basketball, except for my preseason first team All-American, James Akinjo, best point guard in the country. That is definitive. Uh, I, for me, it's the lack of great teams in college basketball this year, which I think is a good thing for the sport. And I don't even know if it's a lack of great teams as much as it is a lack of separation at the top. Like last year, we all knew it was Gonzaga and it was Baylor. And it was going to be one of those two teams and someone was going to figure out. And all we were hoping for was a Gonzaga Baylor national title game this year. I think the way that you look at it is once you get to about the sweet 16 or the elite eight, every game is going to be a really good, really intriguing game because there's no drop off. Like the difference between one and maybe 10, 11, 12 this season is probably the smallest that I think I can remember it. And part of that is because there's no great teams. Part of that is because there's a lot of balance. And part of it is because there are a number of teams that can win a national title this season. So I teased this a little bit earlier. I want your guys' list of the definitive national title contenders, teams that can go out and win six games in the NCAA tournament this year. Goodman, I am going to go to you first on this one because you tend to be uh, a little bit of a hater. So I'm really curious to see who you leave off of this list of teams that we all think are good. I have 10 total and I'll roll through them quickly by league. And you let me know who I've forgotten or who I have on there that I shouldn't have. All right. So I'm going to start with the easy one out of the WCC. That's Gonzaga. If you don't have Gonzaga on there, you might as well get off the show right now. Uh, then we'll go to the big 12 Baylor, Kansas, both of them have to be on there. No argument. I, I don't know how you could argue either of those. Great coaches, talent, 
Then you go to the, the Big Ten, and I think you saw the two teams play today that have a chance, both Purdue and Illinois. SEC, I'm going Kentucky. I, I feel good about them now. I had them ranked really high in the preseason and then was worried about them. But I think now Ty Ty Washington's coming with Severe Wheeler. They had a really good game together. Obviously, Oscar Shibway's been a monster down low. And I'm going to throw Auburn in there. I, I can't believe I'm doing it. But I got him number one in the country. How can you not have Bruce Pearl's Auburn Tigers in there? I'll go Big East, Villanova. Got to have them. I know a lot of people would say, eh, I'm not sure if they can win six straight. Well, they're still Villanova. They got that culture. And if they're on shooting the ball, the worry is obviously up front with just Eric Dixon. And then the Pac-12, I'm still, I'm still going UCLA. I know they've struggled lately, but they had a long pause. And then I'm going with my alma mater. I'm going with Arizona, another one that I never, ever thought I'd say in the preseason. But uh, Sean Miller left Tommy Lloyd a good amount, and Tommy Lloyd's done one hell of a job with that team so far. So there's my 10. Yeah, I don't have much debate on any of those 10. Uh, I just gave a list of six. I kind of had them in like one through six and then seven through 12. But we're talking about the same teams. You know, we're talking Duke, we're talking Purdue, Arizona, Gonzaga, Auburn, Kentucky. Oh, I didn't and, say Duke, did I? Did I not and, say Duke? Yeah, but hey, that's, right, an, so that's an honest. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Duke, that's an honest. I meant, and, obviously, Duke was on there. And then, and then I think you go to Nova, UCLA, Illinois, Baylor, Wisconsin, and Kansas, if I had to round out 12. Uh, but when I just look at my top six today, if you're evaluating today, right now I had Duke, Purdue, Arizona, Gonzaga, Auburn, and Kentucky. Uh, but any of those 12 are very, very capable of cutting down the nets. So I, I, I kind of broke it down a little bit. I have the teams that I consider the favorites and the teams that I think can win it all. Um, so I, it's almost kind of like who are the, the one seed lines, kind of two seed lines. That's the way I kind of think about it. So my, my favorites are, and I broke these down in order as well, uh, Auburn, number one, Duke, number two, Gonzaga, number three, Baylor, four, and Arizona, five. And then my second group is uh, Kentucky, Kansas, Villanova, Purdue, and Illinois. The one team that I don't have on there that you guys do have on there is UCLA. And I've, I, I, I entered the season. I had them uh, in my preseason Final Four. I had them in my preseason title game. I had them winning the national championship in the preseason. I said that on the first show that we did. Uh, I've kind of gotten off of that bandwagon for a couple of reasons. One, I don't think I trust them defensively quite yet and two I'm not sure Tiger Campbell is the guy I need him to be at the point guard spot so for me I've kind of gotten off of the 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 UCLA bandwagon good me go ahead and tell me why I'm wrong well I just think they had a big pause there you know I mean I was there when they beat Villanova the ultimate culture program at Pauly they haven't had fans lately like Oregon mm -hmm. beat them that's not a home game there's nobody in the stands. When I was at Pauly, that place was a major, major home court advantage. They had a lot of pub going. They had a lot of momentum. And I feel like they lost it with the pause and the fact that they now don't have fans. Like USC, it doesn't matter. Fans aren't showing anyway. But UCLA, when they're rolling, fans are, they are, they're coming in and they're excited. I Trust me, I saw it. So I, I don't think you should give up on UCLA just yet. And I'm not sure the team... Like, the one thing is, here's my one question to both of you guys. Again, you're betting your house on one team to win this whole thing. Are you betting on Auburn, Rob? You said they're your first team right now. Are you putting all your money, your house, 
with your wife looking on right now and saying, Rob, I, you're putting it on Auburn. They weren't even <laughs> ranked before the season, Robert. What are you doing? We're going to lose our house. I, I, first of all, this year, I would not put my house on any team winning a national yeah. title. The, the team that I think is that, that's my pick, and we're going to get into this goodness kind of ruining the rundown of the show. It's, it's typical guys if you ever worked with them. But um, the, the team that I think is going to end up winning it all is Duke. I, at the end of the day, I'm going to bet on the team that has the five first round picks in the starting lineup that has a potential number one pick on the roster that has another potential top five pick that is, oh, by the way, just starting to get into a rhythm after playing his first basketball in two years. Now, I'm worried about their point guard play. Again, we don't see a lot of that, Steve. But uh, to me, it's 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 kind of like Duke, Auburn, Gonzaga, and then you start looking at some of these other teams. Yeah, it's there's no surefire you know, bet, you know, when you look at it, all 12 of these teams and, and we could, you could go further, you know, because of the parody, um, you know, you talked about the ACC, you know, the West coast conference has a chance to have four teams possibly in the NCAA tournament. And so the, the parody, the tournament, it's great every year, but it's going to be great again, but you know, Auburn Duke, I mean, Purdue after today, man, how are you going to, how are you going to not bet your house on them? You know, because of their toughness, because of their will, ability to win on the road that's what you really got to look when you get into the nuts and bolts of it who can really win tough games on the road Purdue showed that today all right and Auburn showed that against Alabama we, we got about 30 seconds each before we have to head to uh, another break here but I want to hit both you guys on this I asked you to prepare it before the show uh, I know that Goodman didn't so Steve I'm going to go to you first on this one give me give me your x-factor title team someone that nobody mentioned someone that you think has the goods to be able to win six games in March, someone that could be a 2014 UConn kind of a deal. Yeah, I'm going to go Xavier. And that, that may sound crazy, yeah. uh, but, you know, I've just, you know, I've been around this fall. I've went to different practices. I've watched teams, uh, their experience. They play in uh, an incredible league. The depth of the Big East this year is incredible. And I know we got to go quick, so I'll cut it short. But Paul Scruggs, his toughness, his leadership, They've got some shooting with Nate Johnson. Um, they got size up front. It's a hard place to play. You know, obviously that's a regular season, but they got experience as you go into the postseason, and they got a toughness glue guy in Colby Jones. I love that call, Steve. I, I absolutely love it. You you stole it from me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna so go. It's got to be good. Uh, it's got to be good, right? It, I, got it, it. I think <laughs> it's terrific. I really like that one. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with one that you guys are gonna shake your head. Rob will at me. But all I'll say is this dude got to the national title game in oh, Lubbock, boy. Texas, I, I, following I up an Elite Eight it. appearance. They haven't been good. They haven't had a resume win. They haven't beaten anybody yet. Texas, Chris Beard, but he's got a completely new team. And he does this all the time. He brings new – he's used to this. But this group is even more foreign to him because all no these question. guys have played in other systems – for a extended period of time and he's bringing them all together and none of them have won at a high level other than Christian Bishop. So I'm going to say, I'm not giving up on Chris Beard in Texas. What I will always say, played their, they've always played their best basketball late in the year. The, the only thing that I will say to that is when Chris Beard made it to the title game in 2019, he had three NBA players on that roster and Matt Moody, Tariq Owens and Jarrett Culver, who was by the way, the number six pick in the draft, uh, I'm not going to put you on the spot and make you start naming the uh, the NBA players on that Texas roster, but let's just say that that list is not going to end up being very long. Uh, mine is simple. I'm going with Wisconsin. 
Uh, at the end of the day, wow, the bad, the Badgers are, yeah, the Badgers are going to have the best player on the floor in just about every game that they play this season. I don't know how many people that I would rather have in a clutch moment with the ball in his hands, other than Johnny Davis. If there's one person that I think can go full Kemba in March, Johnny Davis is the guy that I would bet on to go full. I thought Kemba you were going to say Brad Davidson. <laughs> yeah, Brad Davidson. Hey, look, he's been good, man. Brad's been, been really good. good. I, been terrific. I, I, I have no problem hating on Brad Davidson, um, but you can't really hate on the the performances that he's yeah. had this season. So I'm going with, with Wisconsin. Even you would not hate Brad fans. Davidson, by the way. If you talked to Brad Davidson and sat down with Brad Davidson, you would love it. Oh, no, no. I See, I, I, I can separate who the kid is versus who yeah. the basketball player right, is. That's and what he represents as a basketball player is everything that I hate in basketball players. The guys that are taking cheap shots, the guys that are flopping all over the place. I can't stand that. But he makes big threes. He comes off the screens. He, the, the leadership, you could tell that there's a leadership that he provides. And that's because he so does I, everything. I that you don't – he actually makes threes. That's why you don't like him, let's be honest. <laughs> here, we again. here we go again. Every night. Every night. Same joke. Uh, listen, anyway, we got to get to a break. Um, when we come back, though, we are going to be joined by Kansas All-American Oshag Baji. You are going to want to hear the story that he tells about practices with Bill Self. All right, gentlemen, clear for 90. All right. Uh, YouTube chat, jump in here. Hit us with some questions. Um, I got someone saying thank you, Rob, for my uh, for my Wisconsin pick. I'm guessing so. Uh, let's go with that. Oh man. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Kentucky is a fraud. There's a, we don't have any questions in here. Um, Baylor, Purdue versus Baylor. If they played right now, who would win? Steve, I'm going to you on that one. Purdue versus Baylor. Neutral floor would be a hell of a game. Uh, Today, right now, I'm taking Purdue. Um, you know, one of the things that concerned me when they were going against Florida State early in the year, how could they handle the, the that type of ball pressure? And, and you just watch Ivy. Um, you know, he can make plays off the bounce. Sasha can shoot it. And then just the, the size up front, man, it's just hard when you have a post presence like that. So I would take Purdue right now. Goodman? Yeah, I'm with you. Today, I think you go Purdue. Five days ago, I probably would have picked Baylor. And, yeah. and that's the story of college basketball this year. Oh, I, I, I got another one. I got another one for you. Uh, 30 seconds. Is Severe Wheeler going to hold back Ty Ty Washington in Kentucky? I think he already has. I, I've said that from the get-go. I think he completely has, not to his fault, but when you have Severe Wheeler on the court, you, you need to have the ball in his hands. And what does that do? That makes Ty Ty more of a two-guard. When I saw Ty Ty, I was blown away by seconds. his court vision and his ability to make people better and his ability to score. Now I think Five. maybe they figured it out. I can't wait till the next break. I'm going to ask you about the Maryland coach. You're up. Can't wait. So it was a wild weekend in college basketball. I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Uh, it was the first time that I think we felt like a real college basketball Saturday, which is perfect for a show like ours. The field is 68 after dark. My name is Rob Doster. The voices that you're going to hear with me, stadium insider, Jeff Goodman, former Iowa state head coach, Steve Prome. We had seven ranked teams lose to unranked teams. We had Baylor lose their second game as the number one team at home in the span of a week. The first time that that ever happened. But to me, the biggest storyline of the weekend was that the blue bloods got it rolling again. Duke won by 15 at home against NC State. We saw Kansas blow out West Virginia by 26 points. We saw Kentucky 
get it going again. We're going to talk to Oshai Baji from Kansas here in just a minute. But before we do, Jeff, I'm going to go to you first on this one. And I think I probably know what the answer is. Out of those three teams, who had the best weekend? I mean, it's Kentucky, isn't it? Like, is there any debate that it's Kentucky? They blew out a ranked Tennessee team. I mean, and they hadn't really done anything yet in terms of a resume win. So that was kind of the one. They had beaten up on some some decent teams, but not at the level of Tennessee. And, and they put up, like, historic offensive numbers against a really good Rick Barnes-led Tennessee team. So I think, again, Ty Ty and Severe together working harmoniously is something that I've waited to see this whole year. And finally, we saw that with Ty Ty having the ball in his hands. And Ty Ty got the confidence when Wheeler was out with that concussion. That's when I think he was able to get his kind of confidence back because I think he lost it. Yeah, Kentucky. Uh, you just to, to beat, I know it was at home, but to beat a Rick Barnes, uh, you know, who's top 20 in all time wins. I mean, one of the top coaches in college basketball all time uh, team based on defense and toughness to beat them and score the ball the way they did against them. Right now, it's Kentucky and their 14 wins. I saw they're averaging 27 points per points difference in their wins. They won their 14 games by 27 points on average. And so, you know, you can talk about who they beat, but when you're winning games soundly and convincingly and playing the right way, that sign of a good basketball team. So right now it's Kentucky for me. Yeah. And I think it's nice to see them playing a little bit more up tempo. I, I dropped this stat uh, earlier, but when they lost to Notre Dame, it was a 62 possession game. Uh, when they beat Tennessee, they played a 73 possession game to put that into context. Uh, 73 possessions. If you average that, you would be top 20 in America. 62 possessions. If you average that, you would be 355th in America. And I think playing up tempo with Severe Wheeler, letting him do what he does at his best, uh, is is the key for Kentucky moving forward. Steve, really quick, I want to ask you on Kansas. You coached against them. You coached against this program. You coached uh, in the Big 12. What is it about them that makes them so good? And how important is it to get David McCormick going? Well, first off, Bill Self, uh, Hall of Fame coach, phenomenal coach. Yeah, phenomenal coach, uh, number one. Allen Fieldhouse, number two, incredible environment. And number three, they've had terrific players uh, that know how to win and that have embraced his culture and his expectations. And I know we're going to talk to Ochai. He's just the next in line. But if they're going to make to where I have them as one of the teams to make a run, but if they're going to be a legit contender – it's got to, it's got to, David McCormick's got to make strides like he did the second half of last year. He's got to come on. Everybody knows self wants to go inside. He wants to establish the paint. He wants to have a post presence in big moments. Uh, McCormick's got to have a big second half of big 12 play for them to contend for the big 12 title. And then especially if they want to contend and make a run to the final four. All right, Goodman, I am putting you on the spot here the way that you always put me on the spot. You have to wager the house that you are going to buy in San Diego one day. You have to put that on the line. Yeah. Who's winning the Big 12 this year, Baylor or Kansas? Oh, boy. Yeah, it's a Man, tough one. That, that is a <laughs> brutal one at this point, an absolute brutal one. I will say Kansas. I'll say Kansas because of the home court advantage. I think it matters this year where, again, it was taken away not that it mattered last year anyway. Baylor was that much better than Kansas. But I think they're very um, equal in terms of talent. There's not a lot of difference this year. 
So I'll go with Kansas because I think five gallon and, and Steve knows this better than anybody. A lot tougher to win in five gallon than it is in, in Waco. Yeah. yeah, Kansas, they their loss came on the road at Texas Tech. Baylor dropped two at home against teams they probably, in theory, uh, should be beating um, in that building. That's going to be a little bit of ground to make up. I teased it a little bit earlier. Uh, Oshai Baji, current Kansas All-American, potential first-round pick, uh, and honestly, a potential National Player of the Year candidate this season. He joins us right now. Joined on the field of 68 after dark by Oshai Baji, who is coming off of a win over Virginia, uh, West Virginia on Saturday night. It was 85 59. He scored 20 points. Oshai, thank you for being here, man. What's going on? Doing good. Um, you know, it's just a just a great game, a great atmosphere. Um, excited to, that we got the win. You know, just looking forward to next Tuesday. Yeah, it, it feels like you've been in college basketball for a long, long time. I remember very specifically the day when you, uh, they took off your red shirt and you went out and you started playing great for probably about the next month. And it feels like we've kind of been waiting for you to to take that next step. And this year you have, I don't know how much you care about individual awards, but you're very much in the mix for player of the year stuff, first team all American stuff. So what is it about uh, this off season that allowed you to kind of take that next step this year? Uh, really just, uh, I would say mentality, um, you know, just always, always being aggressive, always staying aggressive throughout the game, um, finding my spots, looking for my spots, uh, within our offense and really just being a leader, a vocal leader to all the guys on my team. Uh, I know with me coming back this year, it was kind of just a big step up and they all like really look, look up to me, um, all the new guys and the newcomers on our team that just look up to me. Um, and you know, they're just looking up to me to, to, to lead the way and the, lead the rest of this way. So, Chai, when you went off in the Champions Classic, after the game, I asked Bill Self and Madison Square Garden, I said, you know, this was the guy, he, he wasn't that highly ranked. He was in the 300s, I think, at one point. You made your way into, like, 150. I mm-hmm. said, you know, what was it about him? What, when you first saw him, he said, here's the quote. He shooted it a little, he's fast, he's explosive, and he dribbles with his head down. So I said to him, I go, okay, why did you take him then? He said, because he's the best kid in the world and he wanted to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about that? What, what do you remember about, about trying to get to Kansas when nobody thought you were good enough? Uh, it, was a, it was a process for sure. Uh, my senior year, uh, it was really just kind of slow with recruiting and all that. So I've, I've always kind of just been underrated, like undervalued, kind of one of those guys where it's just like, all right, he's going to go mid-major, Division One. I. I thought that was going to be good with me. But then once Bill Self, you know, came and started recruiting me, that's when I kind of changed everything about, you know, how I thought about it. And I was like, man, I'd love to play for him, love to play for his school and the program here. Um, even though I'm on the Missouri side, I will give up all my Missouri relationships to go to Kansas. I don't I don't care. It's, it's school, it's free school, and I'm playing on ESPN every night. So... I'm just going to take that opportunity and, you know, run with it. So you guys had that early loss to Dayton this season, and it feels mm-hmm. like a lot of people kind of wrote your, your team off a little bit, but you're rolling now. You're playing some of the best basketball in the country. Uh, what what changed and what did you learn from that loss? Um, you know, really not to take, uh, to take every possession, you know, seriously. Um, even the last possession, you know, we thought we, thought, we, thought we had that game one. Um, we had a run there, a five or a four run there at the end of the game um, to close it out. 
and they ended up hitting the buzzer beater. But it was just like, you know, you got to take every possession seriously because, you know, it wasn't the buzzer beater that beat us. There was other mistakes in the game that beat us. So um, that's something that we're doing better on now. Um, obviously, we have the loss at Tech, but still learning from that um, as we move, move forward in this tough conference. All right. So Big Dave had 19 and 15 Saturday. You know, we've been waiting for this kind of like we did last year in second half. Uh, David McCormick seems to be uh, the trend here. What, what is it about McCormick that he's getting going now and how important is it for you guys? Really, really important, man. Really important. Um, it was, it was really great to see him out there, you know, just being aggressive. Um, him and Jalen played really good. Um, <laughs> him and Jalen played really good, but uh, you know, when we, when we know we can throw it in there and get two points, it's a, it's a really good feeling, um, especially for all the guards on the, uh, on the offense and, you know, just on the perimeter playing around you, when they have, when you're playing a defensive team that pressures so much, um, it's, it's a really nice way to, you know, release pressure to throw it in there and know you can get two points out of him, especially when he's playing that way and rebounding that way. I mean, that's just like, that's all, that's all we ask for. I mean, it's, it's great. So I'm, I'm proud of him and I know he's going to keep it up. And, and coach self is so good, good at scheming little, little sets where you can kind of get him with the duck ins and get him where he can turn and, and lay the ball in. Right. So when is yeah. it confidence with him? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that because he's always had, I mean, he's always had a good attitude, whether he's doing, whether he's high or low, he's always had a you know positive attitude, lifting others up. So it's nothing like that. It's just, you know, really just, you know, getting his confidence, not getting his confidence going, but just getting his aggressiveness going. Um, I think that's, you know, that's really key. So. So Ochai, everybody's talking about Baylor and Zaga, even Auburn now. And I think you guys are going under the radar. Now, you probably earned it, you know, with a couple losses that maybe you shouldn't have had. But yeah, is that a good thing for you guys right now? Can you look at that as a positive or no? That's always a positive. In my eyes, um, in Coach's eyes, too, he always kind of relays it with the team. Um, you know, that's fine. Let's, let's fly under the radar. radar. Um, you know, rankings don't. They mean something, in, but they don't really mean anything because you could go. It's just matchups. Night in, night out. You just got to be ready to play. Um, that's that's what college basketball is, you know. Um, that's how the NBA is. That's how you know basketball in general is. So you just got to show up and play. Doesn't matter the rankings, um, but obviously we do want to be number one. All right, I'm putting you on the spot on this one. You have to give me an answer here. All right. Yeah. I need your best Bill Self story. The funniest thing that you've seen Coach do. The funniest thing I've seen Coach Self do. I mean, he killed me uh, at that, at that uh, pregame. Remember when I when I came in, he killed me. Oh yeah, uh, he was just he was just yeah. on you for no reason. <laughs> no reason. No reason. for no reason. Ah <laughs> uh, man, ah, uh, I don't know. You so is is this when he was mad or like happy? Yeah, mad. What? Does he go off on you guys at practice? Give me something good. Does he ever throw a shoe uh, at you? He's, he's made us well. From what this happened a couple times over the years here, um, he's made us, you know, come back to practice the next day or either later on, but we'll be at the beginning of practice. So like, well, actually not in the beginning, we'll be like an hour in practice and then he'll be like, come back later. Like if we're not getting it right or not, you know, perfect to his, to his standard, he's just like, come back later. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's happened a couple times, but. That's what Jeff does to me when I don't do well on a show and ask back. That's what I may do with him now, which I may just send <laughs> him out and tell him to come back, you know, at the end of the show or something like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Well, listen, we, we really appreciate you joining us in the field of 68 after dark. Uh, great to see you kind of taking that alpha dog mentality that I know um, you didn't even know you'd be able to take. So good luck yeah. the rest of the season.
And hopefully I will see you February 5th, which I'm, I'm planning on being out there. You know what that is? Uh, Kentucky. No. no, Baylor. Baylor. Ah, okay. Oh, no, Kentucky's in January. Okay, yeah. All right, we'll thank you. Yeah. Game by game. Take it by game. That's game right. By game. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate care, you having man. me, guys. Thanks, you man. All right. That was Oshai Baji. Uh, it's always entertaining to talk to him. One of the, uh, the more engaging players that we've had on the show before. Uh, we're about to go to a break. Um, but when we come back, we are going to walk you through our biggest surprises, our biggest appointments. And Jeff Goodman is going to give you the guaranteed national champion. <laughs> Clear for 90. All right. Uh, we got the questions coming in on the YouTube chat. So make sure to get those in. Goodman, I'm going to you first on this one. Uh, you got 10 seconds to answer this. Who is getting the Maryland opening? Oh, oh, oh come on. <laughs> that, Damon Evans doesn't know the answer to that okay. yet. So. <laughs> let me, let me, uh, right, if, you're, if you're the Maryland AD, who are you going after first? And who do you think you're going to end up hiring? I'm going after Bruce Pearl first. I don't think mm -hmm. you can get him because I, I think he'll just use that and get paid at Armour. Like get absolutely paid $6 million a year or something like that. I think you go get Ed Cooley. He knows the Northeast. One minute. He's a big-time personality. I think that's where you go. All right, Steve, I got one for you right here. Uh, is Tom Izzo – this is from Nick Papaik. Is uh, Tom Izzo going to make the Sweet 16 this year? Yes, I'm going yes. I just think, you know, so much tournament success, ex older team, experienced team, he makes the Sweet 16. All right, Goodman, I'm going to you now. This is from Kedrick Washington. How good is UConn? <laughs> um i mean they're good 30 seconds good. like they could get to the second weekend i i just don't think they have a dynamic wing score that's the biggest question for me sonogo is terrific tyrese martin's a good player I, I just don't know if they're ready for that i i feel like they're they're a player away and, and that's really james booknight who left early yeah i actually uh, agree with a lot of that five i wish they had one more combo guard two one welcome back to the field of 68 after dark my name is rob dosser i am joined by stadium insider jeff goodman and iowa state head coach steve prom you can watch us on youtube you can stream us on Twitter. after we end here on Sirius, we are going to be doing our uh, after dark afters over on our youtube channel the field of 68 so make sure and come join us for that we got about eight minutes left here guys uh, so let's just do some season reset stuff. I, I, I'm going to have a good time doing this with you. I want to know who your biggest surprise this season is. Coach Pro, we are going to you first on this one. Uh, I'm going to go down to Florida and uh, go to university and go to Miami and Jim Laranega. Uh, pick 12th out of 15 teams in ACC. They're 13-4 and four right now, first in the ACC. And the reason I'm going biggest surprise with them is because I watched the tournament in Orlando – I watched the Dayton game. I watched the North Texas game. And then I watched the Alabama game. And that team left blasted down there against Alabama. They've won nine of the last 10. They've won at Duke. And I think, Rob, you tweeted out the, the wall-up foul on the end on Charlie Moore. That could have gone either way. And if they win that, they've won their last 10. And they're 6-0 and in the ACC. And, and we've talked about the ACC a little bit from a standpoint of how many teams – if they go 14 and four, 
something like that in the ACC, you got to put him in the NCAA tournament. It'll be the first time since 2017-18, and uh, Larry Nagel have his guys back. But that's my biggest surprise this year. Good. Listen, for me, it was tough. Steve, I, I got to go with your former program, Iowa State. I mean, they got to be in the mix. 14-3. and three. I know they're struggling a little bit in conference play, but, you know, they've beaten both Texas, Texas Tech, Xavier. They've been terrific. I'm going to go Wisconsin, though, because nobody in their right mind had Wisconsin as a top-10 team right now in the country. And they're 14-2. and two. One of those losses came without Johnny Davis to Providence at home. The other one came at Ohio State. No shame there. So, to me, I, they've both been equally as surprising, but I'm going Wisconsin. From now on, Goodman, whenever you reference Providence, I'm going to need you to call them the luckiest team in America. Yes. Providence, the luckiest, luckiest team, team in America. In America. <laughs> That's right. The Providence uh, Friars. And next time I'm there, those kids, those students that are all good. drunk, they're, they're all shift-based all the time, they're going to attack me next, next you, time I'm there. <laughs> you, you, you deserve it. You deserve every ounce of criticism uh, that you get. But you actually stole mine. I was going to go with Wisconsin, so I'm going to pivot here. Uh, and I'm going to go with LSU and will wade and for me it's just because they can actually guard like they were they couldn't guard anybody they they would not have been able to stop me you and coach prom from putting up 100 points last season if we went out there and played them uh this year they are the number one defense (laughs) in the country um so for me that's the biggest surprise the biggest disappointment i know you guys are going with this so i'm gonna i'm good i'm gonna tee you up first on this i mean Come on. Like, this is the biggest no-brainer of all no-brainers. I mean, it's got to be the Memphis Tigers, right? I mean, they're looking up at the standings right now in the AAC. At Houston, no shame, except Houston is without, by the way, their two best scorers for the year, Sasser and Mark. SMU, Tulane, Cincinnati are rebuilding. This isn't Bob Huggins' Cincinnati squad or even Mick Cronin's Bearcat squad. Temple, who stinks. And East Carolina, who just beat them on a buzzer beater. I mean, Penny Hardaway, this is year four. This might be the end of the Penny Hardaway era in Memphis. I mean, if they don't get this thing figured out, they got talent. They got experience. They got youth. They got a little bit of everything. And and they have been uh, the most disappointing team. And I don't think there's any argument. I I can make an argument. Can Can I make this argument? Can I jump in real quick? Um, so everyone could see something like this coming with Memphis, right? I think everybody in the preseason said, as long as they figure out their point guard issues, as long as they find a way to get everybody on the same page, as long as the shooting comes around, as long as there's cohesion in that locker room, we all understood the ceiling that this group had, but every single person, including yourself, Jeff, looked at this Memphis team and said, this is how the bottom could fall out. We all kind of expected it. My biggest disappointment is Michigan. And part of the reason I say that is because we all had them as a top five to 10 team coming into the season and nobody, not a single person. Tell me, tell me, go find right now, go find one person that said Michigan might not be able to make the NCAA tournament this year. Nobody said it. I'll give you that. I I think the biggest thing with Michigan you got to take away is obviously when, when Juwan, Juwan's been great when you listen to the press conference, I think just from, I mean, he's just so savvy and, and how he talks about his guys to where he's not going to lose that team. Uh, but the biggest thing from that standpoint, look at all they lost. I mean, they got right. several guys yes. that it's just, I mean, it's not easy. You know, when you guys lose all those guys, they go into the NBA, 
Guys leave early, and now you're just supposed to all of a sudden be a top five team in the country. You were disappointed on them because of the preseason ranking. When I talk Memphis, the reason I have them as a disappointment, usually when you win the NIT, you take a huge step. Go back and look at all the NIT champions. Miami, the year they won the NIT, and I had them down because I had them as my biggest surprise, the next year they go to the Sweet 16. Baylor piggybacked off an NIT championship. Villanova at times. You know, you go back and look at um, they're one in five on the road, you know, great teams, tough teams win on the road. And so I just think when you win the NIT, I think that kind of propels you to good do things. TCU won the NIT and went on the NCAA tournament the following year. Yep. All right. We got about two and a half minutes uh, left here. I do want to get you guys on your national player of the year and your final four and title pick. So Goodman, you got about 20 seconds. Give me your current national player of the year favorite johnny davis and who thought we'd be saying john i mean listen people didn't even know who johnny davis was coming to the season <laughs> he was true. a rule guy for wisconsin they had all those veterans and to me he's been the reason i'll give him the edge today and there's a lot of guys in the mix you know you put ej liddell Ochai is certainly in the mix. Keegan Murray, Drew Timmy. I'm curious to see where you guys go with this. Kofi, Paolo. Uh, but here's the thing. If you take if you take Johnny Davis off Wisconsin, I'm telling you, I'm not even sure they're an NIT team. Like, they're probably an NIT team. That's probably unfair. But they're nothing more than an NIT team. He's the most valuable player to his team in America. I agree. I agree. Steve, who do you have? I'll be quick here. I'm, I'm still, I'm going to go with Jabari Smith still. He's the best player on the best team in the country. He's 6'10". He's skilled, uh, you know, a high double figure scorer, can make threes, can spread you out. Um, I just think you take the best player off the best team. And, and right now Auburn's the best team in the country. I know Gonzaga's ranked number one, but uh, if they're not, if, if Auburn's two, they're, uh, to me, they're, they're 1A and 1B. Yep. I, I actually would have Johnny Davis now, uh, but it's very, very close to me. We got a minute left, Goodman. So give me your final four picks and your national champion. You know, final four picks is so hard because, again, like I'll, I'll go national champion. I'm not going final four right now, but I will go national champion and I'm taking Gonzaga. I, I just feel like to me, you've got a game changer defensively in Chet Holmgren. You've got maybe the most productive, consistent player in the country and a veteran in Drew Timmy. You've got a reliable point guard in, in Andrew Nemhard and another young point guard who I think is going to get a lot better in the WCC slate in Nolan Hickman. So yeah. I, I'm going to go right, Gonzaga. Steve, Steve yeah, I'm going uh, who's, who's your national champion? I'll be quick. I'm, I'm going Auburn still and then Arizona, Gonzaga, and Purdue to get to the final four. But until Auburn proves me wrong, and they've got a big stretch of games coming up, um, but I'm, I'm going Auburn right now. Yeah, I, I think I would go Duke. I mentioned this earlier. They're the most talented team in college basketball. But listen, this has been the Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Doster. For Jeff Goodman and Steve Prohm, thank you for joining us. All right. We are still going live in the Field of 68 After Dark Afters. So if you have any questions, please drop them in the YouTube chat. I'm watching along right here, guys. So come on, hit me with some questions. Uh, we're going to do, as, as we let the questions kind of fill up, let's do our three cheers uh, for the night. Um, who wants to start? Jeff, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. That's fine. You can go. My 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 cheers is to, is to us. Damn it. 
you are to you you Coach are the Probe. biggest egomaniac no, no 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 here's the thing to 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 us as in the field of 68 okay to the people that bought into this idea that we're running this thing to dagan for putting all this together and figuring out how the hell to make our crazy ideas to work um for 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 guys like steve prome and sean miller and terrence oglesby and john fanta and, and randall Ch- and everyone for buying into this idea like this insane idea like hey let's just make a bunch of podcasts and post up on youtube and figure it out and hey, you know what like we're on sirius xm man like it feels i i feel like sometimes in the moment we forget to celebrate our victories and you know what they, like i got i got some mccallan right here man like I, mm. I i don't even drink scotch but i opened some decent scotch tonight right. to I'm kind of say cheers to us let's let's celebrate Let's celebrate our victories when we have them. So to us, to all of us, the field of 68 to the squad. All right. Who's next? All right, Steve, you're up. Uh, uh, my three cheers uh, go to uh, obviously at the end of whereas we're winding down on Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. My, 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 my cheer goes out to him for his sacrifice, for his courage and for his impact. And uh, the great quote, I just, you know, what are we doing for others? And I think if we can all live by that motto, man, we'll all be in a better place. So my cheers go out to Martin Luther King Jr. for his impact. Cheers to that. Goodman, go ahead. My goes to Andre Curbelo. He's been out for two months. He was completely maligned after the concussion. It looked like he was playing for the other team before he went out. And he came back today, and I was just so happy to see Curbelo play well because I felt like if he didn't, you know, we're going to start, people are going to start to jump on him again. I'm, I had him as a first team preseason All American. I did. And obviously, it doesn't look good now. And I don't care about that crap. I just want the kid to be healthy in body and mind. And he showed that today and impacted the game. And, and the other thing with Curbelo, I love watching him because not only does he get his guys easy looks and, and, but he plays with flair and he play, He has fun playing the, the game. And I want to see that again. So I was really happy to see uh, Curbelo back on the court after almost two months off. His teammates embraced him when he made big plays down the stretch. And I thought that was huge to see too yes. going forward. Yep. All right. So we're going we're gonna to do three questions here. Uh, a couple of good ones. Uh, I think I'm going to start with you on this one, Goodman. Shaden Sharp, will he play – for Kentucky this year. No, but he I did love, well. Hold on, hold on. I love I love that these guys are putting you on the spot oh, with all the hard oh, questions. I would love <laughs> to see him thing. play. Like I would love like that kid, I'm telling you, he's the most talented <laughs> freshman in the country. Tell, like hey, in my tell, opinion. Tell tell from your take. I, I need my I need take to is here's tell my him. take Listen that he's this, more of an impactful guy than Zion because he has the ball in his hands <laughs> and he could just make a play. And I've gotten a lot of pushback from this knucklehead on that it's because insane. again, I'm, it's insane. It's, insane. it's not insane. How far did Zion go in the tournament? <laughs> How far did he go? I'm saying he's going to go further. He's going to take his team further next year. All I'm saying is put the ball in this dude's hands. He's six, five. He could score from all three levels. He can create. I, I listen, you're not going to play him this year unless you're, you, <laughs> unless you are bottoming out. You're not throwing them in now at January 15th or whatever we're at when Ty Ty and Severe just learning how to play together after that win against Tennessee. But, man, and, and he's too far behind as a freshman. You can't do that to him. You're setting him up to fail, right, Steve? 
Yeah, I think that's, you know, it's great he's getting on campus. It's great he's going to have the strength conditioning program, you know, early academics, getting used to the rigors of college basketball and what Calipari expects in the system. But, but you know, I think Kentucky's playing at a tremendous level right now, and they don't need anything to rock the boat. Nope. Uh, all right. Uh, this is the one I got for you, Steve. Um, Edie is seven foot four, and he could literally eat players. Uh, why, like, why? <laughs> why isn't he playing more? Well, I think it's just the way the game is now. I mean, you look at, I mean, you wish you could combine Travian and Edie into one player. You, you just can't. And so um, because it's hard to play both of those guys together, um, you know, Matt's kind of changed up. Edie started early, then Williams started some, and they've gone back and forth there, uh, but they're hard to play together. And so, you know, he goes with the hot hand. He goes with who's most impactful. And you saw it pay dividends today to where I thought they just wore Kofi down. Jeff, you got any takes on that? Yeah, I mean, listen, again, if you had Zach Eady on another team, he'd play 32 minutes a game. But I, I actually – I love how Matt already knew going into the season that he couldn't even play them together. Like, Travis Steele is playing his two bigs together, Fremantle and Nunji. Well, Nunji can step out and shoot a little bit better from three. So you can do it, but Paint knew right away, like, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to try to keep him happy. I'm playing a win. And that's yeah. what he's done. And those guys, I still say, Trevion Williams, the best teammate in the country this year for sacrificing from day one with expectations of being a first team all, yes. you know, Big Ten player. And he didn't complain. He was, Rob knows, he was there with me at, at Mohegan Stunt. That dude was the biggest cheerleader every time Zach Eady did anything positive. It, it was it was it was awesome watching him on the bench because they, they, yep. they would be going to the other end and he'd be on the bench doing that thing where like you're kind of getting the defensive stance, you're sitting there, you're clapping. And when Zach Eady would dunk on someone, Trevion would be yelling louder than Zach Eady. He was the biggest cheerleader on that team, and he got benched for a sophomore the year he was supposed to be an all-American. Like I you, you want to know why Memphis is struggling right now? Compare what that what they have going on with no, their locker room with what Purdue has going on in their locker room like that right there is the entire difference um there was one more question hold on I forgot what it was uh oh Goodman you I'm gonna go to you on this one um because I thought it was it was kind of different what what's the best interview that you've had with a player in your career best interview ever boy I've had some really really good dudes I mean obviously I like the dudes that have no filter right but I'm going to, I'm going to, since I'm looking at Steve Prohm, he's going to go, go with my Niang. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, George yeah. Niang, the best part of George yeah. is when he was 18, 19, 20 years old, it was like having a conversation with a 35, 40, whatever year old, mm -hmm. but he could have fun. He just, you know what, George, the best part of George was like, he could be honest without offending people. And at, that's such a hard thing to do, especially as a kid. I'll say, like, George Niang was was definitely, uh, you know, right up there among the best. And, you know, the other part of George, he lives 20 minutes from me. And when he came over, he played ping pong against my – I don't know if I ever told you this, Steve. Played my daughter when she was, like, 12 at ping pong, and she kicked his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's not listed right now. Oh, I hope All he right. is. <laughs> so I'll, I'll send, yeah. we'll clip that and we'll send it out to him. All right. This is the last question I got. I'm going to kind of put you guys on the spot with this, but I do, I really like this question. Uh, it's from 
the cowboy da cowboy not the cowboy guys the, the, cowboy. the cowboy no the cowboy it. um who are your late bloomers who are the teams that you can see right now blossoming over the course of the next next month and then kind of streaking when they hit uh the ncaa tournament i'm going to take the obvious one that's oregon right now yeah they just oh, won yeah. at usc they just yeah. won at ucla they got hey steve by the way we had a conversation on uh, what was it thursday night when we were talking about whether or not like they had any bad losses they lost to Arizona State at home. That's a quad four loss. I didn't realize. I didn't put that together yeah. in the moment. They got a quad four loss on their resume. Yeah. They lost by 100 to Houston. They lost by 150 to BYU. And now they're going on the road and they're beating uh, top five teams in back-to-back nights. So uh, I'm going to take the easy one, the layup, and go with Oregon. Uh, you guys got anything good? Any teams that you could see kind of peaking as we get into the, the, the most important time in the college hoops calendar? Well, the one that Jeff talked about earlier, you know, that I think everybody's hoping will turn the corner and come on is Texas, you know, just because of the preseason expectations, because of obviously Chris is a terrific coach, a phenomenal uh, basketball coach to where, hey, can he get the pieces? Can they get back to playing or get to playing at the level defensive they need to be at to win games on the road in the Big 12 to take care of home and then make a great tournament run. I think that would be one. Oregon is a no-brainer. Uh, yes. Dana's teams always peak late. I think that's probably a home run pick there. You know, I, I think Seton Hall is going to make people kind of forget about them here now. Yep. And this is when you want to go through it, right? They had that pause, but they have really good guard play. Jerry Roden, Bryce Bacon, um, and enough bigs they've been without. So Willard can coach. We know that. I would say Seton Hall is one that's going to kind of, they were so hot early and then they'll kind of, you know, brush off people's memories a little bit here, but I wouldn't give up on them at all. I got one more for you, Goodman. Yeah. Uh oh. Is that a Yukon? Is that like a onesie? Can you, yeah, it's, well, it's a half. I didn't, are you bringing it back? Is that a new one? No, I still got to turn it in. (laughs) It doesn't fit me. That's why I can't put it on. I got an XL, but it's like a, it's like a, it's like an extra medium. But, yeah, but like, there's, there's you a couple should be teams. able to fit in that now. After your keto, you lost 15 pounds. No, like you're, it's you're, actually the it's actually like a medium. It says XL on it, but yeah. the size is actually a medium. Like I can't. It it might legitimately fit my wife. That's how no. small it is. It's it's tiny. Don't make I mean, her wear it. Whatever you do, don't make her try it on. She, oh, there. she's she's got she's got other you can't trust me. She's got nothing yeah. kind of gear. She doesn't need to put that thing on. So unfair. You know, so the unfair. one thing too is is North Carolina. Can they can they yes. come on? You know, that's a good can one. they they come yeah. on? You know, that's the thing. You got to when you start really start, you know, get asked the question, you start going through leagues, you know, can North Carolina come on? What about and, Iowa? Listen, you know, what about Iowa? They have one of the best players in the country in Keegan Murray. Yeah. I know they don't guard. I get it. But, they, but at least they have they have a guy – the only thing is with Keegan Murray, it's not like you just put the ball in his hands. Like with Jaden Ivey, you can put the ball in his hands and just say, go make a play. Same thing to me with like Jared Roden. Like Jared Roden could go for 30 on a given game. Bryce Aiken can go for I, – I pick a team with guards like that, like dynamic guards that can make plays, just put in their hands and go make a play at the end of the shot clock when everything else breaks down. Hey, Goodman, just so you know, the uh, the chat is one, a big fan of you uh, going full, uh, full uh, proud dad about your daughter beating George Niang. And two, everyone like the is everyone like the is that a onesie comment? We, we might even, you know what, maybe this summer we'll stream her kicking his ass again. We'll get him back here and we'll stream it. We won't even tell George. We won't even tell George. We'll, we'll set up a camera in the room. 
and she'll talk trash to him. I mean, it, it'll be it'll be embarrassing for George. Yeah. Poor George. Well, listen, yeah. the, I, I I'm loving this new After Dark Afters thing. I think we're gonna make. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I like uh, it. Consistent latest night deal. So cheers to everybody that's still hanging out in the chat. Cheers to our producer Dagan Hughes. Uh, cheers, Jeff Goodman, Steve Prohm. My name is Rob Doster. This was the Field of Sixty Eight After yeah. Dark. And congratulations, you guys, on getting this kicked off tonight. Great job. And make sure tomorrow night you come back. It'll be the Miller Brothers, me and the Miller Brothers tomorrow night. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.